come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your polter guide, Adrian. And this week, your polterguides are using technology, because technology is awesome, uh, through Zoom to record this episode. So, so Because it's the apocalypse. This is the, <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. Um, we're sorry about missing last time, but we didn't have technology figured out. And it, it happens, you know, but we're, we're here for you guys. We're going to provide a little, uh, little bit of joy with, uh, and a little gonzoness, courtesy of Nick Cage. I just, I, his existence makes me happy. Right, right. <laughs> so we watched the 2019 film Color Out of Space, and uh, we'll probably be getting into spoiler territory pretty quick, just a heads up for everybody. And we can start with the, did you like it before we do spoilers? Yeah, oh yeah, we, we can definitely start with that. Now, those of you that don't know what it's about, uh, your good friends at IMDb have you. No, listen, listen. Um, I know IMDb is going to say some bullshit, but listen, what this is is a longer form remake of the Stephen King story from Creepshow. This is a remake of The Lonely Death of Jordy Verrill with just extra characters and a scientist. <laughs> Donna, I'm so glad you said that because I had a lot of Jordy Verrill vibes with it. Um, but they are going to disagree with you. I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with Whatever. you. Whatever. But. A secluded farm is struck by a strange meteor, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Ooh. All right. And that makes the movie sound kind of lame, TBH. (laughs) Uh, So I guess let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I thought it was okay. There were things about it that I do like, which we'll get into that later. And then I found myself being bored a little bit. For quite a bit of it so it was okay uh this is based off a lovecraft story that i read a few decades ago and basically remember that i read it and there was a weird color involved so i i really came into this a little bit skeptical because i remember not loving that story um i don't know i i enjoyed it okay i don't know that i loved it but i enjoyed it okay all right i loved this movie so very much <laughs> Oh my God, Adrian likes something. <laughs> but the, I, apparently everybody else has to hate it. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Adrian. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Uh, I liked a lot of parts of it. And I mean, I don't regret watching it. I had a good time with it, but I was kind of like you, Deb. I got bored in places. Now, once it got going, um, I was all in. But yeah, it. And I, don't, and I don't hate a slow burn. Like, I'm fine with that. But yeah, it's all right. I don't regret watching it, and I thought it was beautiful. It looked beautiful. So, yeah. Going back to you saying it was a, a Lovecraft short story, um, I have not read it, but as I was watching the movie, I was thinking, I bet this works better in written form. Not by Lovecraft. <laughs> well, they were reading what I assume was a passage from, from it at the beginning. Uh, the beginning and the uh, end are both lines right. from the story. Uh-huh. Well, um, I mean, just, just, I don't know, hearing that passage, I was like, ooh, that sounds creepy and really well 
described or whatever. In the in the movie, at one point when Ward is sitting in the woods, he's reading the Willows. I think I think he's reading the Willows. You, I couldn't totally yeah, see the cover. Is. Yeah, it was the Willows. Um, and in my opinion, if you watch this movie and you're like, "Oh man, I think that might work better as a story," you should read the Willows and skip okay. the Lovecrafts. Speaking of Ward, since you were talking about things he was doing, uh, his shirt, the university that he had on, is is a Lovecraftian shirt. Like it's it's tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I was kind of cool. I used to have a Miskatonic University shirt. Every time he would come on screen, I remember thinking, "What happened to my Miskatonic University shirt?" There's this game, this MMORPG called The Secret Worlds, and first off, it's great. And if you like, it's one of the only like modern rpgs i've ever found but um it's a horror game and there's this whole quest line that happens at this college that's very cthulhu and once you complete it your character gets a two versions of a miskatonic university shirt one of them is a normal like sweatshirt and then the other one is covered in blood and i love it I'm, i'm shopping right now for a miskatonic university shirt Tell me if you find a good one. There's a mug of Miskatonic University. Okay, not now, Donna, not now. (laughs) So this movie, are we in spoiler territory? I think so. Yeah, let's go ahead and just... Oh, wait, wait, I wanted to ask something about Ward real quick because we were talking about Ward. He is so pretty. He is. Oh, my gosh. The hot scientist? Yes. Mm -hmm. Every movie should have a hot scientist. For sure. Agree. I want to talk about Nick Cage, who makes the world better by existing in it. I feel <laughs> like the director went up to Nick and was like, listen, on the Nick Cage dial, we need you at about a two most of the time, okay? Like one or two on the Nick Cage dial, but every now and then, can you take it to, we don't want 10, we don't want 10, but maybe an 8.5 on the Nick Cage dial. Like in three seconds, we need, we need about 8.5 Nick Cage. Can you do that for us? And he was like, I can't. Oh, see, I thought he was all over the place. Like, I thought he stayed at about a solid seven and went to infinity a couple of times. <laughs> like, he was, oh, man. I was like, oh, Nick, buddy. I love it, but just just a scotch. Just, I mean, uh, he never got to, oh, God, not the bees. No, well, no, no. He never got to that. And I was I'm not sure he's ever been there again. <laughs> that was too what much was in the him? world. The Wicker Man remake. Oh, I've only seen that, I guess, the, t- the two times. Yeah, there were, I've never seen it, but that's in the trailer. So There were several times where I thought, I think he might be being too much. But then in those same moments, I realized that he was reminding me a lot of my father-in-law, who is great. Like My father-in-law is not terrible, but a lot of the same mannerisms and tone of voice. And I was just like, well, I mean, I guess this is like this person exists. I can think of him right now. And I think that was kind of some of it, like he was tr- not trying to be your father-in-law, but trying to, dif- to distinguish between being him and being his father. Like, yeah. And I mean, it's... I yeah. felt that. I felt that. I feel like his vocal impression of his father sounded was like... Donald was- Trump? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was <laughs> Trump. I was like, oh. That's a choice. An interesting yeah. one. I feel like he had a better impression of Donald Trump while he was being unhinged than Saturday Night Live ever has. And I just spent a lot of the movie being like, how do I feel about this? (laughs) Okay, so where shall we start? That Uh, opening is 
beautiful. Like this whole movie is beautiful. And like, not just the visuals, but the sound was amazing. Like those, those sound effects dudes need an award. I just, I spent so much of the movie being angry that I was watching it on my computer. I really thought whoever designed the color scape, is that a word? Uh, the color scape of the movie, because most of the movie was in just greens and blues. Everything was green and blue. And then you started seeing some red pop up. And then of course the color was this bright, pink fuchsia it's supposed to be a color that humans can't see but it's a movie so obviously it has to be a color that humans can't see can see i think i could be wrong i'm not a color scientist or any, if that exists if that exists i think i want to look into that because i feel like i want that job the, the paint people at lowe's yeah yeah <laughs> but so i think they're going for magenta which is an extra spectral color. It's not associated with the monochromatic visible light. So like it probably is the closest to a color that we can't see. All right. Like but one thing I found really interesting was about halfway through, uh, Nick started wearing red. Um, oh. Yeah. And so which was the color of the flowers, the weird flowers that were growing. So I think that was our visual cue that he'd been infected. I'll have to go back and see when that started happening because I remember like watching the movie and um, at the point when Lavinia or maybe it was Lavinia, I'm not sure who said it, was just like, dad's acting weird. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I've seen him act weird at all. But after she said that, then he like went off the rails and I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess they were pointing out that he was acting weird, but I just didn't, I didn't see it happening before she said that. So I think that probably one of the biggest faults of this movie is that we don't get to see enough of the family being normal. And so then when people, cause I feel like he was kind of acting weird at that point, he had already done like the Donald Trump voice a few times. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we're supposed to be able to cue into the fact that that's not how he normally is. But I think that we didn't get to see enough of the family being normal with each other to get that. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably go back and watch again, actually, uh, even though I just thought it was okay. But, like, I want to go back and see what I missed and see if I would like it better. Well, and I also noticed that the house was magenta. And I'm wondering now, was it all, like, there was a moment where I noticed it, where I was like, oh, look, the house is the same color. And so now I'm wondering if it always was or if it it's... Like this peachy pink tan color before yeah see i thought that because i was like why would i just randomly be noticing now that the house is that color like we've seen the house the whole movie and it was it was a good okay so yeah like that note is almost halfway through my notes mm -hmm. yeah i was cracking up at, you know nick cage is trying to, to get his wife all buttered up you know and uh, then the meteor hits and i was like wow nick cage just got cock blocked by the universe like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was working it hard. He was he was coming on strong right there. I didn't like it when he was like, "Do you don't you think we should at least try?" I was like, "What a weird fucking pickup line." Yeah. Also, he was like making out with the back of her head practically. Like yep. he was, yeah, you know, I get, you know, kiss the hair once or twice, but then he like continued doing that for the entire time that he was, you know, suggesting to her and i was like dude that's weird apparently <laughs> she was into it though so you know <laughs> move on <laughs> so i liked 
Lavinia at the beginning, she was giving me like hardcore Sarah from the Labyrinth vibes. Yeah. The way like her introduction in like all of her extraness and her spell monologue just I, I love that she got on a horse and rode the fuck back to the house. Like <laughs> I think I might be in love with Lavinia. <laughs> Yeah, I liked her a lot. I liked her throughout the movie, actually. I liked that, as a, for instance, her character wanted fast food, because how often do you see the pretty girl in the movie who wants fast food? You know, that's normally, it's like, oh, I want a salad and, you know, organic pomegranates or something. But, you know, she was like, no, I want McDonald's. So Mm -hmm. I kind of appreciated that. Well, like, what are we now? Week three, week four of lockdown? Yeah. I felt that desire. Like, you know, I've reached my high score of meals cooked at home and I've come to the conclusion I don't love it. What kind of knife was she using to cut those carrots? Yes, fantastic. Because unless her bones have turned to jello, that knife should have stopped at her bones. In the book, <laughs> um, in the book, it did mention um, that. Uh, I didn't think about it until you said, unless her bones had turned to jello. But it did talk about everything turning to, like, kind of hollowing out, turning to this gray, brittle ash. So I guess maybe that could have been it, but they didn't convey that if that was what they were going for. No, they didn't. They never communicated that. I was reminded of uh, a few years ago. I was cutting carrots and uh, chopped the very tip of my finger off. Not nearly as bad as what she did, but just the very tip of my left index finger. I was struck by something. For the rest of the movie, she used that hand like it was normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking as somebody who has cut the very, very tip of my finger off, no, you don't use that hand. I also cut the very tip of my finger off. See how it's shorter? Uh, Yeah, You did worse. (laughs) mine just has has a funky scar on it they tried to reattach the tip but i was like two so that didn't work out for people who didn't get the video feed um that's your left hand yes adrian's left ring finger is about a half inch shorter than her right ring finger when your when your parents tell you not to lean back in chairs don't lean back in chairs good advice debbie go Oh, I was wondering, yeah, in regards to her chopping her fingers, I was like, okay, it looked like she went in right where that joint was. Would that have been possible if she just hit it right in the joint? No. Okay. Sadly, I'm not proud of this. I've done a lot of cat declaws, and it is really not easy to get all the way through a joint. There's there is some work involved to get all the way through a joint. So no. Plus the force it takes to cut through carrots is uh, a lot less than the force it takes to cut through bone. Unless your bones have turned to jello like apparently they were supposed to have. And maybe that's what that was supposed to tell us. Yeah, see I just rolled with it. I thought she was already infected because you know she kind of got that glazed over look. I don't know what that infection entails. So I just kind of I kind of rolled with it. I did like that scene though. They they did a I think they did a really good job of like building up the tension in there. Like you definitely knew that it was going to happen and they the way that they drew it out I thought was really really well done. Yeah. Some really nice tension building in that scene. There was so much stuff done with the little one Jack where it's like, "Oh no, don't no, why are you sending him to do that?" Like obviously it should be fine. I can't count the number of times that I've sent my kid to like hey, go ask your dad this in the kitchen while he's cooking. But like watching this movie, I don't know that I'm going to do that again. 
I want to talk about Lavinia some more because I really love her. I've, I don't know that I've seen the actress in anything else. No, but, um, really yeah, she was really good. But also I like that they just dressed her up like a 90s witch for the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed her character. She's not in the book. I was kind of interested in her little ritual because, you know, hot scientist guy came up and was like, is that Wiccan or Alexandrian? And she was calling on the four principalities, which makes it not Wiccan. And I don't know about Alexandrian. I've never heard of Alexandrian before. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, Wiccan doesn't call on Christian angels. So I don't know what she was doing, but uh, it was not Wiccan. I think that just kind of shows her. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. If she she doesn't know what she's doing, and so she's just like, well, I've read a little bit of this. I've read a little bit of that. Uh, let's just, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, she did use the Necronomicon to cast a protection spell, and also the Necronomicon isn't a real book. Yep, yep. I loved her style. I mean, yeah, you said she, she was dressed like a 90s witch, but those boots? Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah, I loved her style. I loved her hair. I loved, I loved everything about her. Real quick, going back to the Wiccan stuff. I, I was looking up Alexandrian, and what came up was Alexandrian Wicca, which says the tradition is based largely upon Gardnerian Wicca, and the family's name was Gardner, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to assume that was on purpose, because that makes me happy. Sounds like it. <laughs> on purpose. I feel like in a movie like this, you have to assume that everything was done on purpose. The... Um, I can't remember. Was it the, was there a cop at some point, or maybe the doctor? Their last name was Tumor, and I'm like, like tumor, like cancer tumor. That was the mayor. The I have mayor? questions about the mayor. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to go back to um, Lavinia's style. Yes. Do you guys think that was a moment of the mom being weird and out of character? Because Lavinia seemed a little bit surprised by it. I, I don't think so. And let me let me tell you why I don't think so. Because there was a fairly big production made of it raining, which was how the infection got into the well water. And that scene happened before it rained. So the meteorite had landed. Uh, people had come out to check it out. Um, but it hadn't rained yet. Now I'm wondering if I got that wrong. Because this scene was the next day. Then yeah, it would have rained already because that was when the lightning struck it and then it disappeared and then everybody's like, oh, it disappeared. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then it rained and that would have washed it down into the groundwater. And uh, okay, so I back up. Yes, maybe it was. Maybe that was because mom was starting to get infected. Well, and like you mentioned, Adrian, she was acting or Lavinia acted surprised, and then like almost immediately, her mom was up there saying, "I'm so sorry," you know, like I don't know. And her style was, was really interesting because, yes, she was wearing those knee-length um, socks, and but then she's wearing, you know, clunky boots, fantastic clunky boots, but clunky boots. Um, and then her shorts were kind of, they were short, but they were kind of baggy, and her shirt was kind of baggy. And I was like, this is not a girl who's dressed sexy. You know, there it was style, but it wasn't especially sexy. It felt like a girl who watched The Craft a lot, but didn't want to wear baby doll tees. Yeah, I think that's accurate. <laughs> I, I I just really liked it though. Like I just like I was like, man, I kind of want to dress like her. That is that is an outfit though. Like 
uh, my parents would have slut shamed me for that outfit because of the knee high socks and the fishnets and the short skirt or shorts. Yeah. I like, think, I think it was shorts. Um, but yeah, it's all about the legs, that outfit. Yeah. True. True. But then, yeah, so dad went to chase her in and I thought dad just didn't like that. She was hanging out with the hot guy. Uh, but then mom did, made the slut shaming comment. And I was like, is that outfit supposed to be slutty? Cause I didn't think that outfit was slutty. No, the outfit was pretty, pretty tame. I mean, and even with the knee high socks, you still are not seeing a lot of skin. Like, yes, she's wearing shorts, but it doesn't warrant that reaction that she got. And I definitely think that is, that is supposed to be our clue that the mom is infected. Like that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, and also, also the way that the mom was like, look at you throwing yourself at him. And like, I feel like you could tell that Lavinia had a crush on him. Yeah. Also, because we assume Lavinia can see and hear him, and he's just very crushable. But, like, you know, her response isn't like, are you looking at my legs? She's like, are you looking at my legs? Yeah. And I loved that they, before that, it was a point of view shot, and it was pretty clear what he was looking at was her boots. Mm-hmm. Looking at her boots. Yeah. Because she had cool boots. Yeah, they were very cool boots. I would wear those boots. Okay, but are there boots you wouldn't wear? Um, high cowboy. heels. High heel boots? No, high heel. What about cowboy boots? Um, if they were red, I See, would wear cowboy, red cowboy. cowboy boots are a hard no for me. Yeah. I'm not that Oklahoman. Well, that's that's why they need to be red. Okay. That's I wouldn't it. even... That is the one cowboy boot I would wear. It would be bright red cowboy boots. I wouldn't even wear purple cowboy boots. I wouldn't even wear iridescent, glittery cowboy boots. I was just about to ask you, what about iridescent? <laughs> <laughs> iridescent, if, if I could pick that as my favorite color, would be my favorite color. Now, oh, I do want to say... The color in the movie was, was supposed to be <laughs> iridescence, and it, it reminded me, actually, of Annihilation. Um, yeah! There's colors in it, and kind of the same, you know, also a similar, this is a spreading type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, there was there was an Annihilation feel to it. Yeah. For sure. Well, even in the ice cubes and the water and the air, sometimes you would get yeah. that shimmer look. Yeah. Annihilation, the movie, not Annihilation, the book. Right. I need, just real quick, I need to back up to boots. The cowboy boots would have to be the round toe boots, not the pointy toe boots. The round See, toe cowboy I picture you boots. in a square toe boot. Nah. <laughs> I like the round toe cowboy boots. Okay. <laughs> that was important information. We needed our listeners to know. Yeah. Speaking of the color, though, like they when they talked about it, they're like, it's just this crazy color. And Nick Cage was like, oh, that smell. And I'm like, can you please describe, you know, I know it's supposed to be a color that we're not familiar with, but maybe compare it to something. And I know it's supposed you're supposed to be saying, oh, God, what is the smell? What is it? You know, like, please bring me in. <laughs> it was I, think that, I think that might be an artifact of Lovecraft because um, in the, in the book, he doesn't ever make any attempt to describe either the smell that is mentioned or the color. Hmm. Actually, I want to talk a little bit about that in general, because I remember reading uh, Stephen King's dance macabre and he, he makes a point about not showing the monster, right? Don't show the monster because whatever, whatever you show the reader, the reader is going to be like, Oh, well, I thought it was going to be this worst thing, which is something Lovecraft did really well. I mean, Lovecraft let you imagine an awful lot 
And I found that most of the time that was true in this movie that, that, you know, like when they showed us the alpacas, I was like, okay, that's gross. The one exception was Jack and Teresa when they got shoved together. Okay. I was like, okay, that, no, that is about as bad as I could have imagined it being. Um, good job. (laughs) But, um, for the most part, this movie illustrated that point of when you show us something, we could have imagined something worse. Yeah. Except the Jack and Teresa. Oh my God. That was like, I, do. Okay. So like, I imagined that that was exactly what had happened. Like before they showed, I was like, Oh man, they're like fused together or something. But then they showed it and I have never had a movie so show me something worse than what I imagined so well before. Yeah. Yeah. And everything about from the, from the color mm-hmm. sparkling around on them to the, Oh my God, the sounds they were making. The sound, like so much of that had to have been carried by the acting too, yeah. because the sounds were the worst. Yeah. Like when they take them up to the attic and Nathan tells Lavinia and Benny to stay in there with their mother I was just like, holy shit, that's hell. Like, how can you stay in that room with them making those sounds? And also, I think the other thing that helped it was the way that they forgot about Jack. Like, nobody mentioned Jack for a long time. They kept saying, stay with your mother. Does mother need water? Like, Jack still has a face and nobody's giving him any water. Yeah. I thought the same thing. That was just... Did y'all notice? Like um, before the fusing happened or whatever, at some point in the movie, they zoomed in on a sculpture in the house that was just this funky, I mean, it, it looked like a four-legged, you know, long-necked something. And and what Jack and the mom turned into at the end when like when they got up and like walked across the room uh, to go after Lavinia, I guess, they they had basically turned into that statue like it was reminiscent of what they showed us all. My note on that was alpaca driftwood. <laughs> see, see, my interpretation of that, I, I feel like there was some editing. I feel like there's some stuff on the cutting room floor about the dog, Sam, because there was some, mm, I had problems with, for instance, before they had showed us the alpacas and they were talking, you could hear the alpacas kind of crying out. And then there was a close up on this face of this, of this animal and it was kind of, it had its mouth open and they were showing, you could see its teeth. And those were dog teeth. That was not alpaca teeth. Uh, those were dog teeth. And uh, at first I thought, well, they're showing us that Sam merged in with the alpacas. But then later on, it was like, here's the alpacas, where's Sam? And I'm really suspicious that there was a whole storyline about Sam being mutated that ended up getting cut out. Um mm. When they showed that sculpture, I thought that was foreshadowing of Sam because to me that was a dog that had been mutated. Well, at so, the end they said when they found like I guess the alpaca remains or whatever the the people outside the sheriffs or whatever, um, they said there was a dog in it and a cat and the alpacas and all this. So I, I guess at some point, even maybe even with whatever got cut of Sam, at some point he merged in with the alpacas, which okay. was very like y'all remember Slither. Uh, I do remember Slither. It's super weird because, like, I saw that movie in the theater because Nathan Fillion. And I don't think I've ever talked about that movie since. But 
man, in the last like two weeks, I have talked about that movie four times. I love Slither so, so much, but I do, I did get a little bit of, I do see what you're saying with the Slither vibes, but man, oh man, this movie was hitting my thing vibes. Like that's yeah, what I sure. saw with yeah, for sure. the, the mm-hmm. alpaca thing and the tree thing that got, you know, by mm-hmm. Tommy Chong's house. Like, oh man. It, <laughs> Tommy Chong. Oh my God. Yeah. It hit my, it hit my thing vibes. And I actually have a note that it was like, oh man, I really wanted to see the alpaca thing. And then when you actually get to see it, I was like, nope, I was wrong. I don't want to see it. <laughs> nope. I didn't need to see that. Yeah. I, we've been watching Doctor Who with my daughter but a few days ago we watched the empty child episode where the spoilers for doctor who from 2006 in it they've got the uh there's these alien nanobots that end up crashing on the earth and uh when they crash they they it the ship kills a boy and but the nanobots are like healing nanobots and so they try to heal the boy but it's during world war ii so he's wearing like a gas mask and they don't know what a person's supposed to look like because they're an alien so then you have the monster going around going are you my mummy wearing a gas mask and turning everybody since it's nanobots every time he touches somebody it transfers the nanobots and they're like oh you're not a person let us fix that and it turns everybody into these gas mask zombies so that's it was oh gosh um that was the first in jack captain jack that was the first episode that really freaked me out when i was watching the show anyway yeah (laughs) the whole thing is is i was getting a lot of those vibes from it that this like this thing is like resorting the DNA and messing with people, but it doesn't know what anything's supposed to look like or be. I think all three of what we saw is uh, valid. And yeah. <laughs> I can, and I can, you know, and each example I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, one more thing about Lavinia. Why was there so much damn food on her bed while she's just sleeping? She had like two plates of food and a cup or something. What the yes, fuck, Lavinia? Was this uh, sleeping before or after the meteor? Because I do not remember seeing any food. It was when the meteor struck. Oh, so okay. So she had no insanity as an excuse here. She's just a fucking weirdo that sleeps with two plates of food and a fucking cup on her bed. I'm just going to go with the oldest daughter from the first Poltergeist film because I remember <laughs> she had a lot of food on her bed. So I'm just, I- I'm chalking it up to that. I was never that teenager, but... You know, there's no man, no. Not I might my... bring food into my room, but it wasn't going on the bed. Oh yeah, there'd be totally gross plates on my desk, but you better bet my bed was clear for sleeping. So I want to talk about let's talk about the the mare. Um, yeah, that's another thing. I feel like maybe there's some stuff on the cutting room floor. Yeah, um, in the book, it's made clear that they're going to be building a dam there and that area is going to be part of the reservoir. Like pretty early on, it's pretty clear about that. Um, And so it feels like the mayor was planning that throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's why, because at one point she says to them, you should have sold this house when you had the chance. Yeah. Um, But I I do feel like we're missing a lot on the mayor, but also do they really code her as being native American? I thought she was, um, India Indian. No, they they coded her as as that because there's something with her. I, I know her, her, her earring. earring. She's wearing like turquoise, right? Yeah. Oh. In, in like a Native American pattern. Yeah. And she's pushing tainted water. Yeah. 
she's done a lot. I'm looking at her, her, her filmography here. Like she, she was in Hostiles and she's been Pocahontas, but she's been in something. She's been in a lot of stuff. I think she is actually. So I, I do agree. The, the pushing tainted water is a, is a little, uh, eh, you know, that's, I, I think that's the thing that gets me is it's like, they clearly code her as being native American and they also have her pushing the tainted water. And so I'm like, Whoa, um, I want an explanation for this. Is it, I think really. I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, but then also the person that comes into this. So HP Lovecraft, um, and I'm sure we talked about this in the podcast before is pretty well known for being a, a racist piece of shit. And um, I, so I found it really interesting that the scientist was an educated black dude coming into a family of crazy white people who have no fucking clue what they're doing or what's going on. That made me wonder about the Native American mayor even more. Well, I think the uh, the fact that they had a black man playing the scientist was kind of a big fuck you to Lovecraft. Oh, absolutely. And I, I liked that they did that. But yeah, there was some there was some interesting choices and i'm gonna say i don't know that the mayor was clearly coded native american because i didn't get it or maybe i'm just oblivious and don't pick up on hints it's probably that one i'm probably oblivious and don't pick up on hints uh the actress her father is a member of and i'm not going to try to pronounce it but it's an indigenous south american tribe and her mother is uh is swiss so she's you know and she does a lot of stuff with indigenous rights so yeah she's yeah, I just, I, I want to know more about the decision and why they made it. Um, it was something about the shirt or the color of her shirt that she's wearing in the campaign video that you see. And as I'm saying this, I'm remembering that the shirt is pink or, and so I'm wondering if it's supposed to be at all tied to the meteor. Yeah, I think, you know, as we keep talking, this is definitely one to to revisit and look for the color cues you know, the, the pinks, the reds to see where it's at, you know, like I know they did a little color cue with Nick Cage's ice that was in his drink. Like you could see oh, that. Oh gosh. In the gradually increasing rainbows. Yeah. So I think it's definitely, it would be interesting to go back. Honestly, as soon as I finished watching this movie, I wanted to watch it again. Cause I was like, I feel like there's so many little things that I missed that I could have known. But yeah, no, I just found the, the, Particularly with an H.P. Lovecraft story, I found the racial makeup of this movie to be interesting and worth noting. So who was really happy to see Tommy Chong? Yeah. <laughs> I was really happy to see Tommy Chong. I thought he did really good in that. It's almost like as soon as you saw him, you were like, who else would you have cast for this role? I didn't realize no how one. much I have not seen Chief Marin lately. <laughs> yeah. The Google has no pictures of her as the mayor. Yeah, that's what I found. I found a picture of a cute, angry alpaca. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, alpacas are delightful. Alpacas are (laughs) cute and fluffy and sweet and delightful. And you want to be very careful you don't confuse them with llamas. Llamas are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Alpacas, cute, sweet, fluffy. Llamas, assholes. Um, Why did they have alpacas? Is it just them not knowing what the fuck they're doing? Yeah, I think. Uh, I, and I don't I don't know if alpaca milk is a thing. It's certainly not a big thing. That was weird. But Lavinia was right. You make sweaters out of alpaca. 
You make alpaca you make alpaca milk. You make blankets out of alpaca. I've never heard of alpaca cheese. I don't think anybody's heard of alpaca cheese. I mean, there's a one of the first hits on Google is milking alpacas from Alpacas of Montana Inc. Well, from the movie, you have to warm the boob. Oh, I did find alpaca cheese. Oh, okay. So that's a thing. I, I found a picture of the mayor. Uh, it's not, it's basically the first time she shows up at the farm for the meteor. Uh, yeah, yeah, even even in this picture here, she's got the turquoise necklace and um, that brooch is probably something, right? It's I some don't. sort of conch. Isn't that what they're called? Those little metal pieces like you put on a belt? Aren't those called conches? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Her ne- necklace is definitely turquoise, but it looks like what's on her jacket is i don't know it almost looks like the colors made that shape yeah yeah okay so here's a question then um in the book what wait is it in the book i actually don't remember if this is from the willows or from the color out of space story but in one of them the willows it's all about a sound not a color and they do describe the sound in the willows so (laughs) um but they talk about it coming from somewhere else and when they say coming from outer space it doesn't have the feeling like they mean outer space above the stratosphere in the sky from the stars it feels like 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 from some outer space from some space that is different than our space. Like if you could open a door from here and go outside of here, you would then be outer space. And so that got me wondering if this color is literally from the stars, which it probably is because Lovecraft liked doing that, or if it's from, or if it's always been here, it's just now seeping in. And if that's the case, was the mayor always in on it? That is interesting. That is interesting. I mean, if we're going to keep with the whole, I mean, as we should, because it's Lovecraft, you saw all the other towns around, which are all, you know, Dunwich, those are all Lovecraftian. So it's not a stretch to say there may have been a tear in the fabric of that Mm -hmm. reality and stuff is starting to bleed in and they're wanting more, you know, like they want to see what they can do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I do know that this is in the Willows. Uh, one of the things they talk about is like, once you acknowledge this thing, then it knows you and it can find you and it can see you and it gives it more power. Okay, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> oh, dude, the Willows is fucking great and super creepy. And um, I read it last night after watching the movie because I was like, sleep or read this creepy story. And I legitimately slept with the bathroom light on because I couldn't bring myself to turn it off, which has not happened to me in probably years. And then as I was going to bed, I realized that my curtains were like slightly ajar and I could see through them. And I was like, oh no, no, that cannot happen. There cannot be a slight view into the outside world and i had to close them before i went to bed which has also not happened to me in a very long time so like i'm a big fan of this movie and i'm a big fucking fan of the willows now i think it was the grudge was the only movie that's ever 
like affected my ability to sleep. I lived right by a moderately busy street and I had a, uh, I had a privacy fence. And so every time a car would drive by at night, it would cast these weird shadows on my wall. And I remember being about halfway asleep when I saw these shadows move across the ceiling and was like, Oh no, <laughs> set bolt upright. And then, yeah, well, you know, my house is at the ends of a T and so anytime a car drives up that T intersection, they just come right in my, my bedroom window. So I, I feel that. <laughs> what else do we have? Oh, man. Jack and Benny walking down to the barn while Teresa stood on the porch and was, like, calling to Jack. And Jack looking back at her. Oh, that scene. Like, I really enjoyed that scene. That scene was so well done, I thought. Mm-hmm. There's, like, here's my other thing about the parents and how I don't think we really got to see enough of the family being normal beforehand is like whenever they're coming back from the hospital and the mom, Teresa is trying to call the kids and Nathan says, the kids are fine. And I was like, you don't fucking know that. You haven't been able to get in contact with them. You should be freaking out. out. I would have been like, babe, I got to go. Like you're a fucking adult. You're going to be fine. I got to go check on the kids and for sure and and my so would have been like yeah absolutely go do that i do like that they established how much he did not like hospitals so that when he's clearly like rotting or whatever he doesn't even think to go okay Mm -hmm. i gotta speaking of that let me tell you him scratching his arm that is such a mood for me because i have eczema and there are some days man that i just i start scratching and mm-hmm. I literally cannot stop. And so with him doing that, I'm like, I, I felt that in the very core yeah, yeah. of my being. <laughs> it makes me think of a mosquito bite because because the mosquito bite will sit there and I'll be like, don't scratch that. Don't scratch that. Don't scratch that. And then eventually it will get to be like, no, I am scratching this. And there's this moment where I'm suddenly like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this. And I just scratch the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to regret it. But in that moment, that's so good. Really yeah. good. <laughs> that moment, those endorphins kick in, which, you know, that's not really a good thing that they're kicking in. <laughs> that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm scratching way too hard. No, it is so bad. Like, I will do that. And if my, my cat Brack hears me, he will literally get in my face to stop me. Like, he's like, hey, oh, no, kitty. No, no. He was like, nope. Uh, like, he will be he will wake up from a dead sleep. And he is like right there. That's amazing. No, mom, <laughs> don't scratch. Don't scratch, mom. No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> that's, that's my Bracula. I have more Lavinia stuff. Sorry, apparently a lot. I was really into Lavinia for this movie. No, she was great. First off, I love that her she's wearing the same makeup through most of the movie, and it's just going further and further down her face. <laughs> so the mom, when she says she's at that age, she's just impossible. I'm like, is this another, like, is this how she normally is? Or is this another weird effect of the, um, the color? Because sometimes it seems like it, it often to me seemed like the mom was sort of that, that like she was the distant parent, but then I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, I don't, I don't think they could make up their mind if she was the distant parent because they made a point show. Yeah. She had these, this career, but then at the same time, they also made a point like, 
oh, but she cooks. Like, and she's a really good cook. Like, I don't think they could make up their mind with that. No, no. And I couldn't figure out what her job was. Because, listen, even stuff I don't understand, I can usually, like, like if you want to start talking about pork futures, I'm like, okay, I don't understand pork futures, but I at least understand the area of stuff you're talking about. I had no idea what she was talking about when she was talking with her clients. Is she a day trader? That's what I thought. It was a yeah. Day Some sort of money thing, it, but I don't know, man. To be completely honest, I don't entirely know what a day trader does. Like, I said the word, and then as I was saying it, I was like, I have no idea what this job entails. Trading during the day? The day, yeah. Um, but I felt like she was doing something with stocks. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was definitely stocks or securities. I, I do think uh, so. She's probably a broker dealer, and so that would be stock securities. And it's open basically when the stock market's open, the the Nasdaq. So before the bell hits. Yeah, and so she was probably something along those lines since she was like very obsessed with. Okay, hey, I need I need my 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 Wi-Fi to work. So. Yeah, and she she had some serious issues about that Wi-Fi working. I mean, don't I'm we not all saying I blame her. I'm not blaming her. <laughs> like this is intolerable. Yeah. I remember when I couldn't play City of Heroes because of bad internet. So I understand her. <laughs> I, I I'm right there too. Like if the internet did not work during this whole thing, I don't know what the fuck I would do. I mean, I guess I'd play more Final Fantasy VII. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> So another thing that I noticed is like both of the women in this movie cut themselves. Uh-huh. Like they, they damage themselves in ways that none of the men in the movie do. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. And, and the mom is sort of accidental, but Lavinia's is very, very purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know like what, where I'm going with that. I haven't had time to think about what that might mean or anything. It just felt like something that was worth noting. Oh, and the other thing about Lavinia is that he doesn't believe her. Like he, you know, even after everything has started happening, he comes back in and he's like, "The car won't. The car isn't happening." <laughs> Which I loved. I just love the way he said that. And then she says, "Why won't? Do you believe me now?" And he will not say the words, "I believe you." What he says is. I don't know what I believe. And you can see in her face how upset she is that he did not, like that he could not give her the benefit of the doubt, even in that moment. Right. And and again, I don't know. I haven't had time to process that necessarily, but it felt worth noting. What else? I have something and I, I, cause I kind of figured it would pay off more. And maybe those of you that have read Lovecraft know I, cause I haven't, so I don't know, but triangles, uh, Lavinia had one that was her barrette on the back of her head. Yeah. And then in the attic, there's a triangle window. So I don't know if triangle is a Lovecraft thing or something else that I just don't know. I think it's kind of an unknowable horror thing. The sacred geometry and the bad geometry, but like, like the geometry, the triangle is like the strongest shape, which is not really fully related to this. But I know that a lot of uh, of eldritch horror will start dealing with the geometry of things being slightly wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's this book I just read called you should have left about this house. And one of the things that it talks about is how the angles of the house just suddenly 
do impossible things. Like there's this whole scene in the book where this guy's trying to draw a right angle and he measures it and it's right and he measures it and it's wrong. And just over and over, and the measurements are always just slightly different. And so, like, in a lot of this sort of unknowable horror, the geometry of things will, will glitch. Okay. What else we got? Do we have anything else? I just, holy shit, the monster. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was, that was pretty fantastic. Yes, for sure. The, the mom monster? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that made me was, jump. I am not even going to lie. Like I, and I, I kind of figured, I was like, okay, it's going to be something and it's going to be horrifying. But like when it started skittering out, like anything, anytime a monster skitters, I have problems with it. (laughs) It it disturbs my calm. (laughs) And so when she did that, I'm like, oh no, nope, here we are. Well, and you know, back to the showing the monster, this is one of the few times when I've been watching a movie and I've been like, nope, showing that was good. Yep. All right. Uh, Donna, you have our quote. Benny lives in the well now. <laughs> Which is a line from the book, by the way, except his name is Thaddeus. Thaddeus lives in the well now. <laughs> that just sounds like a Lovecraft name, man. Thaddeus. Yep. There's, a, there's a moment in the book where it talks about this thing happening, you know, before, back in the 80s. And my brain immediately went to like the 1980s and it was a whole fucking paragraph before i was like oh nope that's not right <laughs> was uh, was thaddeus a stoner too the, you know in the story they really didn't touch on the actual character of anybody other than nathan whose name was nahum the it was like n-a-h-u-m that's biblical is it okay okay that's a, that's a book in the bible Nahum. oh all right well i have our rule which is trust the scientist. Oh, yeah. Trust the scientist. scientist. When the scientist won't drink the water, don't drink the water. You know, I can't imagine a situation, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a weirdly picky drinker, but if somebody made me coffee and it looked weird, I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. And then I would set it down and do my best to pretend I was drinking it while leaving an entire cup of it there (laughs) upon my exit. But also, if a scientist was literally, like, sitting there going, hmm, hmm, and then somebody described the water as brackish i'd be like oh wow thank you so very much for the hospitality but nah i'm good all right and then donna you also have our poll question i do so there you are you're in your old house and a meteor lands in your front yard when do you leave Uh, i've seen creep show (laughs) so immediately i definitely don't go touch it no hard no I definitely don't go touch it. I don't go poke it with a stick. I call the appropriate authorities and then I get in my car and go away because I've also seen creep show. <laughs> Who are the proper authorities? Miskatonic University. <laughs> they almost certainly have a weird meteorite department. Okay, okay. I think even though I have seen creep show and I've seen the thing, I would probably wait till people I knew we're acting weird, like weirder than normal. And then I'd be like, okay, then I'm gone. Sorry. Do you think that leaving would have helped them at that point after they started acting weird? Uh, well, not once they drank the water. Yeah. You think they were, do you think you don't think stopping drinking the water would stop the pro? It was already inside them and growing. I think they're already infected. Well, yeah, because I was, that was one of the things I was watching for with this was that when they were off the property, they were still acting gonzo. 
like when they were at the hospital. So to me, you know, if it was like associated with a place, you know, kind of think like Amityville horror, like if it was associated with a place, then they wouldn't be acting. They would be acting different, you know, away from it. But I, I agree with Donna there. If you're drinking the water, you're infected. I probably wouldn't leave for a little while just because, you know, if, if it fell in my front yard, I'd call, call up whomever and say, hey, come, you know, scientists, you come check this out. Uh, and I'd probably want to sit there and watch while they checked it out. Uh, and probably for me, it, at the point where things started doing things on their own, like when the scientist guy was out in the dark and he was shining his flashlight, and you could see like something in the air and then his car like suddenly came on and was like revving the engine and then it suddenly shut off. I'm like, oh no, that, that was the first time I, I think like I actually felt like creeped out in that movie and was just like, oh no, 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 no. Like I would have booked it at that point, just run in the dark you know, and probably gotten killed by whatever would be in the dark uh, at that point. But that, that would have been my course of action. I don't think you could have been killed by what was ever by whatever was in the dark at that point because I don't think it was tangible enough to hurt you um, then. Do you think it wanted to hurt them or was it just like like Adrian said earlier it just didn't know better? Oh, who knows. I really like that it didn't know better. I think that to me makes it more horrifying because how many times, you know, especially now when things are done because they think they're helping, like yeah. I know better. And it usually ends up making things worse. Like to me, I think that makes it uh, so much more scarier. Yes. When you read The Willows, which I feel like is important since that's the book that that Ward was reading, it does mention that whatever is out there doesn't care about them other than the fact that they are in its space. And so all that it's doing, like, like... it doesn't know what they are. It wouldn't bother with them at all, except they are in its space. So I feel like maybe this thing doesn't, whatever it is, like, I think it's just, I think it's just doing its thing, man. And, and the people are just part of the scenery. I like that. Okay. Do we have anything else before we close the book on Color Out of Space? Man, it's just so pretty. Like, I kind of just want to listen to the movie. It's just, oh gosh, it is a sensory experience that I enjoyed quite a bit. Even down to like the dark Tangerine Dream soundtrack. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, we're, we're experimenting with, with Zoom here. We do appreciate your support. Uh, you can find us at uh, Beyond Cabin and our Facebook and our webpage is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Debbie, where can they hit our Instagram? Uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, close to 77. So if you want to see some of my shenanigans, where can we find everybody else? I'm on Twitter at SoonerDVM. The main thing I'm posting on Twitter right now is Animal Crossing stuff. So if you're interested in Animal Crossing posts... That's where you'll find me. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, uh, Donna underscore Leahy. That's L-E-A-H-E-Y. I don't post a lot on Instagram, but you're welcome to follow me. I would love you to follow me. I'm on Twitter as Junkyard Poet, and I think most of what I'm posting now is just complaining. So enjoy that. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram uh, as Saint of Unicorns. That's Saint all spelled out, not S-T. And mostly what you'll find there is the 
are pictures of of these animals that have been making noise all through this podcast. I'm not sure if you could hear them. (laughs) Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to us. We're also part of the Gumby Cat Network. Check them out. They've got some good shows. Also, thank you so much, as always, to our editor, Billy, that makes us sound fantastic. Thank you, Billy. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Go read the Latin. (laughs) Or touch the meteor. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.